I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. On today's episode, Courtney, owner of Palmetto Scoopers, joins us to talk about the ins and outs of a topic that not a lot of us like to discuss, poop scooping. Whether it's a service that you've recently added because of COVID, or maybe you're still thinking about it, Courtney breaks it all down and is really upfront and honest about what it's like to be a poop scooper. Courtney also has a wonderful take on what it means to be a part of a community and the service that he offers and brings to people to help make his community better. I really like this outlook and I really like this perspective and that the things that we do in life aren't just the day-to-day operations, but they're part of something bigger and part of making the world a better place. Hi, Pet Senator Confessional listeners. My name is Courtney Seacal. I'm the owner and operator of Paramedical Scoopers. We have pet waste management and removal service. We offer services to residential and commercial clients. And so do you refer to yourself just a pooper scooper or how do you refer to yourself technically? We always like to say we're pet waste professionals or pet waste management service technician. But with most of us that's been doing it for 10 years or plus, we like to call ourselves master scooper. But <laughs> master scooper, I like that. So h- how long have you been in business? We've been in business for five years now, going on six years this year. So so how did you start or why did you start a pet waste removal company? Well, I first started my pet waste removal service after my dog breeding business just wasn't was basically unsuccessful. It was during the time of the Michael Vick event, and I used to breed pit bulls because that's my love. I mean, I still have one to this day. My girl, Roxy, she's 12 years old. Love her to death. Hope she lives to 100, which I know is impossible. Essentially got started. Uh, it just wasn't good for business, and me and my wife was talking about it one night, and I went into my backyard and just saw poop everywhere, and I was like, hmm, I picked this up every day. I wonder if somebody can actually get paid for it. And I just started doing a bunch of research looking up businesses in my area and looking up businesses in different areas and different states and started really educating myself on the business per se and what things needed to be done and what uh, licenses and things of that such and training and such you need. And when I saw it wasn't too much, you just had to be knowledgeable about business and have a little bit of love for what you do and just actually have a little go get behind it. And that's how I essentially got started. Oh, that's great. I love it. you just looked around yourself and said, Hey, I, I do this all the time. I bet I can fill that niche too. So tell me about the name. How did you come up with Palmetto Scoopers? Originally we started out as poop bus. <laughs> and if you look at our logo, <laughs> it looks almost similar to Ghostbusters with the logo. And me and my oldest daughter was actually watching that movie. And I was like, that's it. And I was coming up with a song, everything. I got the business name all uh, done with the state and everything. And I had got a call about six months into a year starting my business that another business actually owned the trademark to that name. So I had to essentially either pay them or change the name. And I always believed in starting something of my own, not just living off somebody else's name, because then I feel like I was a franchise and wasn't having a franchise uh, amenities if I was. So then I went home and started just brainstorming and throwing out all kinds of different names. And I was like, you know what? Pale metal scoopers sound good. And I asked a couple of friends. I was like, yeah, I like it. And boom, I put it on paper and it stuck. And it's actually been quite great because once I changed the name from poop busters to pale metal scoopers, the business actually increased client signups after that as well. Why do you think that is? Uh, I just honestly think it was, it was because it sounded a little bit more professional versus just trying to be, I say, clickbait or just something that, you know, you hear it and it's funny, but at the same time, you're not going to probably take them as serious. Whereas I want them to take us serious as a pet waste professional business, but still we can make you laugh at, you know, the silly things that we all find funny about dogs. Sure. I mean, at some point you have to be like, yeah, it's, the poop jokes are going to be there, but as you mentioned, like you, you can still pr- have a professional front and face and presenting yourself in that way to your customers. So what does a typical day look like in the life of someone in the scooping business? I say it varies on days. On a day where it's pouring down rain, we got our rain suits on and we're out there with our rain waterproof shoes and we're out there still scooping. 
And we typically get people asking like, oh my God, are you still scooping in the rain? We're like, yeah, as long as it's not lightning, we're scooping. Dogs poop in the rain, dogs poop in the snow. And from here all the way out to the West Coast, all the way up to Michigan, we have people that scoop poop in the snow every day. I mean, I'm a part of a group called APALS and we're all pet waste professionals. And I see them daily out there scooping. Only way they don't scoop it is more than like, uh, two to three inches where they actually covers up a lot of the waste, then they don't scoop their weight till it starts to melt. But other than that, I say it varies just also with different types of poop you might get, yard conditions. And, you know, sometimes it varies with the homeowners as well because they may not be home. They might have a pet sitter there. And we have to notify the pet sitter as well because sometimes they forget to notify us of the pet sitter going there. And, if the dogs are aggressive, we have to just at least let them know that we're there. That way we don't actually have a dog run up on us that is people aggressive and possibly do harm to us or one of our technicians. Yeah, I think that's something that not a lot of people think about is the level of communication that you have to have with either the homeowner or the care provider at that time to coordinate the comings and goings so that gates don't get left open or you're, you're not entering into a situation, like you mentioned, with a, a possibly aggressive dog to newcomers and that kind of stuff. Oh, yes. Because we've had situations in the past where I've been in a yard and I spoke with the homeowners. They told me they had two pit bulls. And like I said, I used to breed them. So I know how the dogs react and I know how to react to them as well. And one day I was in the yard. She had not been home, but her dad was there pet sitting. Didn't know I was in the backyard. Let both of the pit bulls out. Cornered me in a corner of the yard. And most people probably say they run, jump the fence. Instead. I just stood there, just make sure I kept my back to the fence. That way I protected myself and just called to the homeowner. Father came out, and which he did, and got the pups back inside. And luckily, just for me breeding the dog breed of those dogs, it actually gave me the experience and just to know how to react to them versus just how a normal person may run away from them. Right. You really have to be... You know, in the very in the moment and and know how to handle those situations so it doesn't you don't make it worse yes indeed i mean if i would have ran which we all know running from a dog is like a game <laughs> yeah it turns into <laughs> yeah they they love it when you run exactly and i was at least a good 10 yards to 20 yards from their fence so it was a battle or a little race that i wasn't going to win <laughs> right right yeah and that's just yeah so Staying in place and know how to handle situations, and and that's another thing too. Of of you, even though you're you're picking up your the waste, you're still interacting with the dogs from time to time. Yes, occasionally we do because we do have some homeowners who pets are people friendly, and we love to visit those because then we actually get to take a couple pictures and stuff with them, make videos with the dogs, and we actually get to know the pet a little bit more as well because we always say our services for the homeowners, but we like to cater to the pets as well because we love the dogs just as much as we love serving the homeowners and helping them get their time back and just being able to spend more time with their pets in the yard and knowing there's not any waste in the yard for them to step in or their kids or anything. But we do like to enjoy the time with the pets, especially on a sunny summer day versus the rainy wet day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's been some of the most challenging parts of running your business? Of uh, running this business, I say. It varies for like different owners that's in our business. But I say for me, I say it's really bringing on team members. And at first it was my uh, marketing because I didn't know too much about marketing. Even though I had marketing experience, I didn't have any in this business per se. So I got a little educated on some SEO work and digital media marketing and stuff of that sort. And just to do some things to help better myself to better the business. And in return, I have seen a dramatic jump in just client sign up within the past three years, just for me taking those courses, just to get a little bit more knowledge in the back end. But I definitely say finding great team members is a hard thing that I've noticed among all of our, my colleagues who I am part of the group in. We all have that issue because I know just at the convention I was in. October that we had in Florida, several guys had issues with uh, guys that worked for them. One quit while we were actually at our convention. Another one had one guy actually totaled his truck 
while he was at the convention. Whoa. It was a lot to deal with. I mean, you have an employee slash team member who just literally could have lost their life. But at that, just total a truck that's going to now cost you money. And you got to figure out how you're going to supplement that person and put another person there to run that route because it still has the job still has to be done, even though clients understand things happen. They paid for a service, so they still want a service. That's part of the side that you might not initially think of, of, oh, I need to bring somebody on to help. But there's so much that goes into the back end of that, of planning for those kind of emergencies, or all of a sudden you are also accountable now for another person on your team. So when did you decide to bring on your first technician? And what was kind of that the push that brought you into that? It was one day about two, three years ago when I was working in a yard and they told me it's been a while since they last scooped because that's one of the questions we always like to ask homeowners. And typically we get more of an honest response now versus at the beginning when they say it's been probably a couple of days. And typically that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) It's never the case. It's typically at minimum two weeks to maybe a month. And it varies if they only have one dog, it's usually not too bad, but if they got, or more, I mean, you can get easily 10 bags of waste out of one yard. And that's 13-gallon bags filled three-fourths to the top of waste. I've had one yard I've done by myself, which initiated the whole reason of me signing up somebody to start being as a team member for me. Because I was like, wow, I just took 13 bags out of this yard by myself. And I'm like, this is crazy. It took me two and a half hours like nonstop working. Wow. Exactly. Like I was, I was shocked. It was even that much. And later on down the line, that client actually stopped using our services and signed back up about a year and a half later. They said they had some kid in the neighborhood coming out there doing it. And I found it hilarious because when we got there, we were like, it's still poop everywhere. Like you sure that kid was actually doing the job. Did you see him physically (laughs) out there doing that? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So then they signed back up for services. And luckily, we've implemented things now so that way we're properly compensated for our time and the amount of waste that we removed. And that time, I think when we came out the second time, we removed about eight bags of waste out of their yard. So it was still a lot. But with me and my team member, it only took us about 45 minutes to an hour versus taking me by myself two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real time saver at that point. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. How do you go about hiring someone to to be on your team? And what kind of things do you look for? Typically, when hiring someone, I use Indeed or like ZipRecruiter, one of those, because they can just kind of flood your inbox with a bunch of applicants and you can put different assessments on there. You kind of feel out who you want. But when hiring somebody, I always look for someone that's happy. Like you need good energy because I'm all about being happy. I don't want you to be upset or just trying to find a job. I want somebody to actually want to do something that they actually enjoy and see what we're actually doing to help our community. Because I always tell all my team members, we're not just scooping poop out here. We're actually helping our community have clean water because most people don't know that, you know, the dog poop sitting in the yard and it rains like I did down here about just past week. All that water rushes into the backyard, into these poop-filled backyards, and then it goes into the storm drains and the wells, and then it goes right to our facility that filters that water. But then we're back using that same water to drink, feed our kids, cook dinner, and give to our dogs as well. And I was like, the little bit that we can do by just scooping up the waste out of their yard helps our whole community by having to use less chemicals in the water by us removing those wastes out of their yard. Just that little bit most people don't think about because, you know, you just say it's dog poop and, uh, you know, I don't have to do any of that. And, you know, just it's no big. Yeah. And that's one thing we always look for when hiring somebody. We want to make sure they know that you're not just here to try to make some money and just scoop and poop. But we actually care about the cleanliness of the yard and actually trying to help our community have clean water for everybody. Wow, that's such a, a holistic, big picture view when I'm sure there are some days of the, the, the drudgery and the monotony and the, those hot summers where having that level of perspective, you know, I'm, I'm sure that just that helps you keep going on those really tough days. Oh, it definitely does because I know what we're doing is just not 
as small as it seems when we say it or see it on paper. It actually has a trickle-down effect where it affects everyone. You mentioned earlier learning about marketing as a part of growing your business. What's it been like learning about marketing and, and growing over the years? Actually been quite amazing. Like just starting out at first reading the information and applying it was just one of the top things I actually enjoy because you had to figure out who your avatar is. You know, your one particular client that actually wants your service or needs your service. And from just the years, past two, three years of me implementing all those services and different things that I've learned from the marketing, I've learned that a typical client is either a senior citizen that's married or single, that's either adopted or like saved a few dollars from rescues and things of that such, or it's a single parent family or a single family that just don't have the time to do it. Because I mean, if you got three kids, they got three different activities and you got to still do work, you got life, you got to cook dinner. Last thing you want to do is come home after taking Bobby and Cindy to basketball, softball, karate, and ballet. You don't want to cook dinner and then have to go pick up. You're already exhausted. So I would say we give them that time back, you know? And through the marketing, I've learned that was one of our top things to look for versus just before where I used to have a broad band of net. I'm just like, oh, our services is for everybody. And typically it isn't because at first, like I said, I thought it was. And not everybody wants to serve. Some people do actually have time to pick up their own waste. And for those that do, I applaud them because thank you doing your part but for the ones that don't have the time to do it we're exactly who they're looking for and at first like i said i didn't even know that because i just figured hey everybody scoops poop if you got a dog scooping your poop that's not the case for most part so how do you take that of, of now that you've defined who your client is how do you take that into finding and reaching your clients when i actually market i market towards just those specific types of marketing people when I'm actually doing my Google search, Facebook, or like my LinkedIn stuff for just search purposes. That way, when we actually put, when they actually like just scrolling through a feed or maybe just searching anything, like just picking up, like probably looking for a dog scooper to pick up the poop they sell, they actually see one of our uh, advertisements that'll say, you know, maybe are you tired of picking up the poop or is your kid not picking up the poop or did your kid just track some poop in the house? Well, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> it's been quite helpful. It's been quite helpful. And um, the multiple different things we've had to use just to try to figure out which works best because one thing you can be using for two, three months, Google could change their algorithm. And next thing you know, it's not even working. Mm. Then you have to refine it and adjust and then measure it out after you do that just to see how well it works. It's not just a set it and forget it kind of thing. It's you're constantly making these adjustments. And as you mentioned, reacting to whole algorithm changes across the board. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Every time. I mean, just three months ago, three, four months ago, Google did a little algorithm change. And as soon as I noticed it, I saw a drop in just our insights. And I was like, hmm, something must have changed. So I went into the system, tweaked a few things. and. We were back flowing just like normal. And if I wouldn't have taken none of those digital media marketing classes, I would have never known it. It was just great to actually have that information at hand and have that knowledge to actually be able to apply. This doesn't have anything to do about, about marketing, but on your website, you have a dog poop calculator. Can you tell us about what? <laughs> can you tell us about that? <laughs> uh, yes. I wanted to people that actually have a chance to just guesstimate or give them a realistic number of almost how much they dog actually probably have poop in their yard. Because, you know, people are like, oh, you know, my dog only poops one time a day or twice a day. It's not that much. Well, when you throw your dog weight in there and actually how many times they go, and then you can, wow, then you start to see the accumulation of you not picking it up. And then you just look at it for a month or a year or six months. And you're like, wow, I didn't know it's that much poop, you know, because typically people think, oh, it's just a chihuahua. The poop doesn't add up that much. But if you got a chihuahua pooping in a small backyard for, I mean, six months at a time and you haven't scooped it, 
It's a lot. Yeah, I, <laughs> I put in the weight of our dachshund, and I'm like, oh my gosh, after one year, that's that's a person is how much that weighs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a small yeah. human. <laughs> day to day and week to week, how do you find that you keep and stay organized with all of the work that you've got going on? Typically, I use uh, my Google Calendar just to log everything in and keep all my clients on my time schedules and such. And I also use like uh, for all my GPS and navigating and stuff, I use the Google Maps. It's relatively easy and you can also save all your clients' addresses in there as well and label them with their name. So which day are you typically the busiest on? Fridays. Is that something that was readily apparent when you started or did you just start seeing that trend of, okay, everybody wants this on Friday or by Friday? I say at first, it wasn't that evident, but as I started to grow and bring on and onboard more clients, I saw a trend in that Friday's and we do work on Saturdays as well, but it's a little bit shorter route. But Fridays, by far, is our most busy. Everybody wants Fridays. Some people don't mind Saturdays, but most of our families that have kids and such, they prefer Fridays because that way we come by Friday morning or somewhere in between that afternoon. They got it clean all Saturday, all Sunday, and as well as Friday. And even some of the clients we have that just are single, you know, no kids, but just husband and wife. They want to have a little soiree, have some friends over and have a little party. Last thing you want to do is have your friends over having a nice glass of wine or a nice beer or beverage or whatever they may be having or eating some food and walking barefooted or flip flops. You Stephanie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That that ruins the whole party because now you're going to smell it all day. And last thing you want to do is be drinking or eating and like, what's that smell? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You mentioned a, a society called APOS earlier. Can you tell us about special requirements, trainings, or organizations that someone should be a part of or should start doing before they go into this business? With the training, I say typically you want to at least do a couple classes with any kind of dog trainer. That way you can actually know the body language that dogs have. Mm-hmm. That way when you go and visit the homes, there's some time of Sometimes some of us actually visit homes with clients and visit their dogs first before servicing. just So we know how the dog reacts and whether the dog is safe for us to actually be in the yard with them. So I would say get some training of some sort with a dog trainer, just to get familiar with dog behavior. And I always say get some training in routes. If you've never driven a route, I recommend doing that. And if you don't know how to do any clerical work, you might want to get started on that as well. <laughs> Because uh, it's going to be a lot of paperwork and it's going to be a lot of management. <laughs> I first thought it was easy. I was like, oh, yeah, I just got 10 clients. It's, I can do this forever by myself on paper. And I was like, oh, I got 30 clients. Mm, it's, it's starting to get a little busy, but I can handle it. And I'm like, whoo, all right, I'm at 70. Who, who I got to send an invoice yeah. again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then it started becoming, you know, a little bit more uh, clerical work and that's when I started getting a little bit more organized and looked at some things that PayPal had offered. And I started using them as my payment service because you can send invoices and you can actually look at your insight from what you've been making the month before compared to the month that you're doing now and previously the month of the year previous as well. So that way you can kind of compare what you've been doing and all like this. So it gives you some other insights as well using PayPal for that part of your business. I definitely recommend, like I said, having a good scheduler. And I also do keep an actual paper notebook for all of our clients. I still physically handwrite them once a week, but I do have it on my Google Calendar and schedule already where it's already logged in on a nice little spreadsheet. But just because I know technology does fail sometimes, and the last thing I want to do is have to work a route and I don't remember which clients' homes I need to visit just because my system on my phone isn't working properly and now I can't actually do my job. So I always believe in keeping a hard copy as well, but I definitely do rely on the technology part. Yeah. Having that backup for your systems is again, one of those things you don't always think of like, well, I've got everything right here. I don't know what else could I could need, but as you mentioned, technology fails, you battery dies, those kind of things happen. And yet you have talked about services still need to take place so that you can 
continue to help the community and, and provide those the quality of, of care and service that people are expecting. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. I agree. With so as you're driving around and doing your, your routes and spending a lot of time outside, how do you deal or handle with hazardous weather conditions? And It can be a little crazy some days. Uh, today was a great day. It was supposed to rain. They said 50%. I got zero. So I was quite happy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to. I didn't have to walk in what we call in our uh, organization, the poop soup, which is essentially liquidy poop in water. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, to get, just to get a little so, visual there. Apologies to anybody currently eating while listening to this. <laughs> yeah, you might want to put the food yeah. down. <laughs> no tomato soup right. for dinner oh, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> just getting worse. But yes, the hazardous weather, like I said, uh, we have some people that work up north where it snows a lot more and Loans is not more than three inches on the snow, snow, three inches of snow on the ground. They still go out in service as well as we do. If it's raining, we still go out in service. Now, if it's lightning, tornadoes, hurricanes, anything that such, we do always email, call the clients as well. Let them know that we will move them from the service today, but we will reschedule them for the following day if weather permits. That way, even if we are a day behind, we can still make sure we got them serviced when they at least one and two almost, and ninety percent of the time they understand. We rarely get anybody that you know complains. I mean, it's it's mother nature. We can't really control what goes on. There. Right. Yeah, and that's so wonderful when you have clients that are are forgiving and understanding like that, uh, instead of pushing back hard against you and and you know demanding services. I definitely agree. It does makes it a lot easier, and that's one thing I have found in this pet business industry per se that. 90% of the clients are very easygoing and they're not real difficult to deal with because they already just appreciate you doing what you do for them every day. I mean, I get clients that text me every day, just thank you for doing what you do. And it makes me just feel elated to know that they appreciate just that little thing that may seem to other people, how much they actually appreciate it a lot. Yeah. I mean, th those are so impactful when you get those again, when you're, out there in your poop soup and on, you know, in the rain and all that stuff. <laughs> and then to get a text afterwards of someone saying, you know, thank you. That it really means a lot. Like that's, that, that really makes it all worth it. Yes, it really does. Have you heard about time to pet? Doug from Bat to the Bone Pet Care has this to say. Time to Pet has made managing my team and clients so much easier. Our clients love the easy-to-use app and scheduling features, and our sitters love being able to have all of their information organized and easily accessible. My favorite feature is the instant messaging. By keeping conversations on Time to Pet, we are able to monitor our team and ensure nothing ever falls through the cracks. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. So if a pet sitter is listening to this and is thinking, hmm, should I add this service to, to my current business? What would you tell them that they need to know when they're getting started? I would definitely say look at the demand for the service in your area. Do your research because I know most states have where you have to register your pets with the city. I say go there first and see you can actually get a copy of all the people that have registered their pets in the city. And I say just do an emailer or just do possibly like a little, I call it A-B testing, where you run a little small ad just for your business to see and whatever you come up with, whatever name you want to call it, whatever, and just see, do a little test and see how many hits you actually get of people actually wanting to use your service within running it for probably about 30 days would be a real max. That'll give you a real idea on running two different ads to see whether people actually want to use that service in your area and whether it's actually a market for that service in your area. And also, I check the pricing of other companies in my area. If there are other ones. And if so, I speak with those owners as well because they typically don't mind speaking to newcomers. We, we welcome them all because we don't believe that no one in our industry is a competition, even though we are competitive. but we believe helping each other out because that's just what we believe in this type of industry. Well, I definitely say if you already have a clientele base, like you all do with your pet sitters business, I definitely say you can definitely probably run a little testing as well yourself. This is how many of your clients that you already pet sit for might actually want you to do that as an additional service as well. I've spoken with 
several scoopers who's out of state and they've been doing it for 20 plus years. I mean, one guy, he's been doing it since 1985, I believe. Whoa. That's 35 years into the poop business. And now his son actually has a second uh, business location in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And they're like two of the main head members of the actual APOS group, who actually was like one of the founding members was his dad. So how do you set your prices? I set my prices. I typically go by the size of the yard, how many pets are in the home, and when was the last time they clean it, and what frequently of like how many visits they want weekly, bi-weekly, three times a week, twice a week, or even four or five times. And that's how it really varies. And occasionally... We do charge extra for dogs that are over 100 pounds just because we do have several accounts with Great Danes and Dobermans. And I mean, one scooping service, they can fill up a 13-gallon bag in 15 minutes. Easy. So we have to charge a little bit more for those just because it's more waste in a small amount of area. So it accumulates and have to use a little bit more materials for that job as well. What would you say is your most common number of cleanings people request during a week? I say typically once a week, and that is what the C CDC recommends. At least you clean your at least once a week of the waste. That way, it's at least getting cleaned and adds time to actually remove the waste and actually have time for the dogs to actually use the yard again. But for me, I always recommend if you have three large dogs or more, I recommend twice a week because if you're using our service to get your yard clean, I'm going to recommend what's best for it and. If you got three or four dogs and we come in once a week, yeah, we're going to clean your yard, but it's going to be a lot of accumulation there each time. And if you want to actually use your yard in between your visits, us coming once a week won't help. And I always tell people, if we see that twice a week is too much, we'll actually change your service, pause like pause that subscription, switch it to a once a week. If you already paid for twice a week, we'll credit your account for those visits as well. So you still get all your visits and you don't lose anything as well. When like when my wife and I are house sitting, we usually will pick up the poop in the yard and then dispose of it in the garbage dumpster at our own home. But I don't think that's going to be quite possible given the amount that you guys are collecting. So where does it all go at the end of the day? Yes, I agree. The amount we collect is quite a... Uh... Once we completed all our jobs, I would say mm, it's, uh, it's a pretty huge load. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, most states don't really have uh, things, ordinances, anything set up, but a few do, few like dog-friendly states like Colorado have certain designated places where they actually want you to unload the pet waste. But in our state, South Carolina, they don't really have any particular place. So once we done get done with all the poop, picking up everything, we double bag it one more time, and we actually take it to our large waste, our large waste area, um, waste dump area, and we take it down and unload it. And typically, we can take anywhere from 20 to about 25 bags or more there per truck. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot. And we do have some actual people that's in our services that own a business in North Carolina. He actually uses some of the homeowner's pet waste or uh, what do you call it? Fertilizer, which and he typically always give that whatever waste he takes from a homeowner that wants that service. He only uses their dog waste for that service as well. But we always tell them you don't want to use it in your garden for like fruits and veggies. You want to use it for like flowers. Yeah. And I th- I love that, that there's a, a, a secondary market for that. And it can be used in other things as well. That's not just take it to the, the large disposal, large waste area. Yes. Because um, I actually did, like I said, I did a lot of research on this business prior to starting it. And there's actually a company in Canada that actually takes the dog poop and repurposes it. I don't remember the name because it's been about four or five years now since I actually looked it up. And I was hoping eventually I actually bring that service to here. But I do know it's in Canada and I hope that one day they will actually become, you know, a territory or have a business in the United States where I can actually send them the waste for that as well. Because I love that actually repurpose the poop besides just throwing it in the dump or in the wasteland and just letting it accumulate. Because eventually I do want to try to do something to cut back on our imprint on the waste that we're unloading on a daily, weekly basis. Because like I said, I do care about what we're doing and how we affect the earth while what we're doing. And I do have kids and I do want it to be here as long as possible mm. for them. As well. Yeah. And that's just such a, such a great thing to have in mind of, of looking around and going, okay, 
where can we cut back on the waste and on the footprint on the daily basis and, and using those secondary markets and things like that. It's just a, such a, a wonderful opportunity. Like I said, we care about our community. I mean, we're not just pooper scoopers. We're not just taking people out of the yard and taking people cash and putting it in our pockets. We actually do care about what we do and try to lessen the imprint that we actually put on this earth every day. So I think that that kind of transitions into my next question for you is, is kind of, what do you think sets your business apart from, from others, uh, either in your area or just in general? I'll say that we actually spend a lot of time building relationships with our clients. We don't just say, oh, okay, we sign, you signed up service. All right, we'll go ahead and do it. And then we just go ahead and work the yard and do all that and such. We actually try to speak with them and see what they actually need versus just giving them what we think they need. And we worked on building, like I say, genuine relationships with each of every one of our clients. We have a few that we probably haven't spoken with much just because they usually sign up online occasionally if they haven't called us. And then we even then, if we meet them for the first time, if they're not home, <clears throat> excuse me, we're more than welcome to introduce ourselves, tell them who we are, what we're there to do. And we just actually want to meet them and their pet if we never met their pet. But sometimes we do have that where we never met them or their pet. And we just actually let them know who we are and actually let them know what we stand for, how we actually do this and why we do this. Just like I said before, how we actually try to help the community and let them know about them doing that little part that they see is just helping them in their head, probably themselves. They're actually helping their community as well. So when you're when you're building these relationships, you know, and maybe you've had a client for a while, do, do you ever talk to them about the the status or, or how the poop looks in their in their yard? Yes, we do speak with them if we notice, like if the dog poop isn't silent or has worms in it or any strange colors. Because as we both know, as pet owners and in the pet industry, if you ain't watching the pet or they're bored, they typically will eat almost anything that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> You know, and we've seen several. I've seen crayons, doll baby heads, oh. um, and I don't want to get too extreme with the nasty. I mean, but if we see anything that's real, uh, probably hazardous to the dog, like you know, I hate to say it, but like worms or maggots or anything, we always let the homeowner know what we saw, and I always ask them if the pet is like going through some type of medicine where they're actually doing that because I actually have a client now who pet is actually going through chemo and we actually handle that pet waste differently. We actually wear some layer of uh, protective gloves. We actually pick it up with a protective plastic bag and it's all an organic biodegradable bag as well. And we pick it up and then we actually double bag that and clean everything. We use only specific tools for their home. We don't use the regular tools we use for actual regular routes that we run the week or month that just blows my mind do you find yourself that you're you have dedicated equipment for several clients or you know if you find one that has maggots or something that like that is that where you know would you put tools away and bring out the spares to do the rest of the service yes yes exactly what we do because we just don't want to cross contaminate everything even we do even though we do clean and disinfect everything after each job i just like to take that extra precautionary because like i said they're not just clients to us. I always tell everybody they're a part of our paramedical scoopers family. And that's what we believe in. We don't look at you as just a, a member or a client. You're a part of our family. Your pet is considered to be my pet. So therefore, I'm going to take every precaution there is to make sure your pet is safe as well as you during our cleanings and after all of our cleanings. Because I just take pride in everything I do and what I'm doing for my community as well as all my clients. That's so awesome. People in your community, I, I gotta say, are just lucky to have you there and taking such good care of their pets. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, after five years of being in business, where do you see yourself in five more years? Five more years? I plan on having at least five to 10 more team members on my team and expand our services to the surrounding areas like Charleston, South Carolina and Greenville, South Carolina areas. And eventually going into possibly North Carolina or Georgia, well, with a few other locations. But I really just focus on letting our whole state know right now of South Carolina that we want to let them know that we're the number one business in the number two. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that's the main thing because franchises, you know, they always grow fast and they don't really, I ain't going to say they don't care about their clients, 
but you don't get that personal feel. And me as a, I say I'm a consumer because even though I own a business, I still consume. I'd rather go to a business that is a small local feel that is a franchise versus a franchise that is a franchise feel. Because then you get that genuine, genuine actually care from the people that work there and the owner because they're actually interacting with you. They're actually giving you the care and concern that you and the attention that you actually want to need. And if you don't want it, it's still there if you want to need it. I mean, all my clients have my personal number to call me, text me anytime they like. And as long as I'm not out with my family doing anything, I, I respond almost immediately. And that's because I just want them to know I'm there if they ever need me for any reason whatsoever it may be. Yeah. And when you're, as you're considering expanding and growing more and more team members, you know, if you're set, you know, the, what sets you apart is that relationship and dedication of service and, and care of community, trying to retain that with each member that you add and, and expand into other service areas. Like that's a, that's a big deal to retain. So it remains and retains that, that local feel that of, of genuine concern uh, for quality of service. Yes, it definitely is. And that's one thing I don't ever want to get away from, no matter how many locations we may have and grow to. I want every person to know that's what we stand for. I want you to treat every yard like that's your mother's or grandma's yard. Mm. Because if you don't care about that person's yard that much, you don't need to work for us at all. Because then you're not going to put forth that extra effort to make sure you do everything 100%. Because I always believe like my father used to always tell me, either you do something 100% one way or you do 100% the other way. It's no in, it's no in between. Either you're going to do it right or you're going to do it wrong. And I believe doing it right is all there is. Because if you're not doing it right, you're just doing it completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's really challenging because I feel like a lot of times you may say to yourself, oh, I'll just I'll just do it this this time, one time. I'll just do just do enough to get the job done. But, you know, it's it's a hundred percent. You're either doing it the best possible every single time, or it's not. It's not. It's not done right. Yes, I totally agree. Because just that one time you do it, it starts to snowball. Then okay, then you go to another house, you do the same thing, and then you go to another house and you do the same thing. Next thing you know, it becomes routine. It becomes almost natural. To now, you're not even doing your job and performing to the standards of the metal scooper standards. You're performing at your own standard. Mm. So then how can we say that you actually fall in line with our model of what we actually doing and what we actually represent? Because now you're not a Metal Scoopers team member. You're a, a me team member and you only concern with what making you feel good about what you're doing versus making sure our clients who we feel is our family members feel good about everything. Mm, I love that. I'm curious what are some of your favorite tools of the trade that you find yourself using all the time or that you just love? My hands down, my favorite new tool would be the lawn rake by True Temper. It's just a little about five foot rake, rubber handle. And I mean, it's the best. And you get your little ordinary dustpan used kind of typically for like sweeping trash out of a uh, parking lot that you've probably seen the big red or yellow mm-hmm. ones. We call them big red or big yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and then that is my favorite tool by hand. Cause we used to use the jumbo scoopers, but the problem was with the jumbo scoopers is the springs don't last long. They'll pop. And then it was very hard to clean the waste when you got like, I hate to be all so visual again, but the liquidy or, you know, not solid waste, it gets all into the teeth. So then you spend so much time cleaning the teeth off with the waste. You waste so much time. You actually not, actually having enough time to service each home in a realistic amount of time. Whereas with the new tempered rake, the true tempered rake, it's got the rake, you know, the rake uh, bottom half. So you can just rake it in there easy. And I have a little technique. I always call the rake and pop method where you kind of rake it towards yourself and pop it. And if you do it just right, you fling it right in the bucket perfectly. If you do it just wrong, <laughs> well, <laughs> Let's just say it's going to be on you and not on <laughs> I'm sure that definitely takes a lot of practice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's not a beginner's <laughs> skills, what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Not at all. That's where, no, that, trust that's where me. that master scooper level comes into play. 
Yes, I always say you got to put that uh, 10,000 hours. <laughs> <laughs> what do you wish more people knew about what you do in, in your industry? That's a very good question. And honestly, I just wish people knew that. For most part, dog poop isn't like natural fertilizer that they could just leave in their yard. That's going to just like make their grass go beautifully green, like the one they see on a golf tour or something. That That's not the case. Like I said, you can use some dog waste for like growing plants, but typically I wouldn't recommend it. And I wish that more people wouldn't throw their dog poop into the woods behind their house or into their neighbor's yard thinking that going to make it disappear because they don't. All that do is just tra- attract more rodents like mice, possums, and more gnats and little bugs and flies, dung beetles, and mosquitoes. Mm. Because most people don't know all of those little things love it i mean i've did one yard before about uh last summer matter of fact these people had a uh pool a little plastic dog pool you know the small ones we always let the dogs swim in in the summertime mm-hmm. yeah they had one of those in their backyard covering up poop and they said they would just lift it up throw poop under there and i was like hmm, what <laughs> so exactly oh, right no That's, oh yeah so <laughs> I'm I'm listening to this when they told me that. So me and my team member gets out there and we were like, maybe it's not going to be that much. You know, it's, it's just a little dog pool. You know, maybe it's just a little bit. So we flipped up the dog pool and you won't believe what we saw. We saw a decomposing rat, which was being eaten by the spiders and all the other bugs that was living underneath there. And I was just like, Disgusted. It was the most disgusting job we ever did in my entire career. Oh. I mean, it was unbelievable. And they're like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Look at this animal you have under here that's dead. And she's like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was under there. And I was like, yes. yes. I'm like, that's what happens when you let it pile up. I'm like, because most people just say, oh, it's just dog food. But no, it actually attracts all of those rodents in there. And she literally had a whole ecosystem oh. feeding off of her dog waste that was feeding off the dead animal decomposing. And that was just the most disgusting thing I ever saw. And I mean, it was crazy. Wow. But on another note, but on another note, I say um, butterflies do like dog poop too as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. The uh, blue and black butterflies, every spring and summer, I always get one of those outside flying around one of us and like landing on the dog poop. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Just don't touch right. <laughs> I know where you've been. <laughs> yes, yes. I know what you've been eating, right. buddy. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but it is beautiful to see that because I always call that the poo art where, you know, you get a little beauty with the you. <laughs> <laughs> so I always enjoy that part because I always just never thought that butterflies would actually like land on poo and one summer I'm out there just scooping up doing my thing and I look over and I'm like oh, it's like sitting on it just enjoying this beautiful day it was actually upset that I had to make it right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of life lessons in that I feel like oh yeah oh yes yeah. so I'm just want to educate the people let them know Enjoy a butterfly, but just be mindful that that one might have just got done landing on a pilot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, uh, Courtney, I, I really enjoyed this. I, it's been very uplifting to hear your passion and your concern for your neighbors and your community and all that you're doing and in your drive for your business. And I know we've only touched on just a small section of slice of, of what you do in your in your business. If people want to connect and follow along with your work, how can they do that? Well, I can say they can follow us on Facebook at Pedal Scoopers. They can follow us on IG or Instagram at Pedal Scoopers as well. We're on TikTok for all the young kids that's or the older people that's starting to mess with a little TikTok. We're at Pedal Scoopers 7 on there. We do make funny videos of dogs doing things as well as us like just randomly jumping in and out of trucks. <laughs> <laughs> and for all the business professionals, we do have a LinkedIn. You can find us there at Pedal Scoopers. And occasionally we do use Twitter. I mean, I hate to say it. It's not as prevalent for us just because we don't feel like something relevant now as people are more into videos and that such. And 
it is not something we see that we use a lot today. But I say if you definitely want to connect with us, you can definitely look us up on IG. We're on there every day. Facebook, we're on there every day. TikTok, we're on there at least three to four times a week. LinkedIn, about the same. But if you definitely want to contact us, hit us up at IG at Palmetto Scoopers, and we'll respond typically within an hour maybe two at top. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. It's, like I said, it's, it's been a real joy. Thank you, Colin. I enjoyed it just as well. And it was a pleasure. All mine. Courtney really is one of the most passionate people about poop you will ever talk to. And it's very easy to see how his business will be number one, taking care of number two. During our conversation, he talked a lot about the importance of community, connecting with them, showing a larger purpose, not just for himself and for his clients, but also for the people that he hires, showing them that what they do really does matter. And that even though it is not a lot of fun some days and sometimes pretty disgusting, that's actually helping not just themselves, but the community at large and where they live, keeping their water supply clean. These connections and this broader view of everything he does really helps shine through and gives him a great perspective whenever he's, when he's talking to clients and when he's hiring. I was really challenged by this kind of mindset to think big, not just in the scope of my business and what Megan and I want to do and how we want to grow and expand, but in where we fit in the bigger picture of our community and our town and in our county even. Where do we as pet sitters fit in that larger community? Where do we as pet sitters make an impact at that kind of level? And how can we best communicate that to our clients? so that we can all be part of something bigger than ourselves. As always, we would love to hear your stories. So get connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, PetsitterConfessional.com, and let us know how you're doing, and we'd love to share what you're learning and how you are doing these days. 